Did you know that Roman had cancer two times? I vaguely knew that. And he uh, got his second bout of cancer all like one year to the week after going into remission after the first time. Wow. Isn't that fucking crazy? It is. Thank I, God I, he's like the unsinkable Molly Brown. I probably mentioned I thought I know I talked about it on some podcast here and there. Two time he's kicked that thing's ass. Well, you were just talking about in thinking with that time, you know, like what ifs and stuff. And Roman, if you would like move to Seattle or something, if you had moved to Seattle. I don't know where the hell I would be. And Will and I would certainly not be doing Ted Lasso podcast together because I would have never gotten a job at the comics place. Like, that's crazy. Talk about a ripple effect. If you ever start to doubt your life decisions, um, everyone, every everything is a nucleus that revolves around you. You are the seventh step to Kevin Bacon or whatever. You are the butterfly <laughs> flapping its wings yeah. affecting all of our lives. Exactly. We're all just caught in your flaps. Welcome in. That's right. It's the Comics Place presents a perfectly acceptable podcast episode 315. You know how I know that? Well, usually I know that because Will Elmer writes in an email and tells me. But this week on a very special episode of a Comics Place presents a perfectly acceptable podcast episode 315, we have young William Elmer here himself. Hey, Will. Hey, happy episode 315. I'm glad you remembered and we're keeping track because I didn't remember. Yeah, well, um... So full transparency, uh, Django's out of town. I talked to Roman and we were like, yeah, we'll record just like a short little mini episode because I hadn't read a ton of comics this week. Uh, I didn't think Roman had either, but he just dropped his gooey duck in front of me and told me exactly how many comics he did read, which he could do an entire podcast himself. But then I thought instead of doing just the two of us, why not? Why not lean on? No, lean on me. No, I wanted to do the Beatles one. I wanted, why, on not, why not get by with a little help from my friends here uh, and bring our friend Will in, who I record another podcast with, the Ted Last Bros, that is nearing its end because that show is nearing its oh. end, sadly. Sad face. Oh, yeah. Sad face. So, yeah, no Django this week. We're just going to be in here for a little quick, brief one. We didn't want you to go a week without hearing from us. But uh, we're going to talk comics, but only after we put Will on the spot and have him give a fake email to us right now. Well, I'll give you a fake email, but did we let Roman say, hi, I'm Roman, or should we just keep going? We just steamroll over. We just aggressively. Yeah, I'm here too. Just aggressively (laughs) disrespectful. Just aggressively. Yeah. Um, Hey, happy episode 315. Next week is uh, episode 316. So I wonder if I can come up with a John Bible um, thing. Well, I was going to go with like a Stone Cold Steve Austin. We'll see see where we land with that one. Um, Um. So Mark Russell is coming to the shop this weekend. I assume by the time this airs, Mark Russell will have already visited the shop. Um, But I do have to know, gents, what is your favorite Mark Russell comic? Dude, it was a pleasure to watch your gears turn. (laughs) And then you found the footing that you were going to use. And then you just like fell into it. That was very good. That was that was watching a master at work. Well done. Nicely job, Will. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> On everything except talking. Um, <laughs> Roman, Mark Russell comic. 
favorite. This is, and now Will, you actually get to be a part of this answer as well. Just so you know. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually gonna. Um... Oh wait, Will, you forgot one part. Oh, what? turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Oh, I love that part. <laughs> uh, I, I'm looking at his. Uh... Uh, what do you call it? His his bibliography. Filmog- yeah, his filmography, except comics, um, comicography. Because he's got so much good stuff that I liked. I does. How do I narrow it down? Um, huh? Boy, what's uh, what's your favorite? Oh God, he did Life Story. That's right. With the FF. Oh. Ooh. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I think I have to go with either Flintstones or Fantastic Four Life Story. An honorable mention for the Lone Ranger. Oh, I love yeah. that Lone Ranger miniseries. God, those are some good. Oy. <laughs> I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't Romans... say that I love his like last two years of output as much as the first couple. Ooh, because I, I, I I'm gonna go with some recency bias okay, while Roman cool. is still deciding. Um, I actually think I like Superman. Oh, Space oh I Age. forgot about that one. Like I thought it was maybe yeah. his most kind of settled. Like, I love all of the, you know, all of the moral tales and what's yeah, yeah. the what's the word I'm digging here for? Um, yeah. All the different allegories he builds into everything and the yeah, social yeah. issues that he tackles. And Superman Space Age still had that, but it was kind of more of a tempered down and you could just enjoy it for a comic book, but you could dig deeper and find some things. And uh, Roman and I actually talked about, the, I think, the final issue when him and I did a podcast together. Oh. Um, and we both gave that 10s. Yeah. And I think that entire series was a 10. And it was very reminiscent of New Frontier. Yeah. Um, and like the art in New Frontier is better, but I think I might have liked the story in Space Age better than New Frontier. I I would definitely put uh Superman Space Age above. I would put it on the same tier as Flintstone. Those mm-hmm. are those are two. I, I just forgotten about that one. Cause I consistently think it's like Tom King. Like I always just mm-hmm. like put it in a different bucket than it should be. You're like Kyle Starks or something kind of this current school of auteur writers that I like a lot, but yeah, I mean, and then the, the all red art and it is amazing. It's that's gotta be my favorite art in any of his comics for sure. I would think. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Boy, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much the same way. I mean, Flintstones. Um, I loved fantastic four life story. Snagglepuss. Yeah. I love, I like Snagglepuss. I don't, I don't think I loved it. Oh, okay. I liked okay. it a lot. Um, he did Prez a long time ago, I think. Yeah, that was his first one. I don't know if you guys read Not All Robots, but I really like that one. <laughs> Only the first a issue. Lot. Yeah. It was really I, good. Yeah, I need to finish that one too, because yeah, we didn't have enough copies, so I never finished it. And I believe it's a it's a it was a five issue series, but I ran it, I got to see him at uh, Emerald City sometime back, and he said it had just gotten renewed. So I think Ooh. it's coming back for another Another five or another 10 issues. I think it's like two more five issue arcs, something like that. He was pretty excited about doing that. And that was like right around the time where they had just announced that Flintstones was getting its deluxe edition. So he was excited that he finally had some form of one of his works getting a deluxe edition. So the cool guy. The Flintstones and Superman deluxe editions are gorgeous printings of wonderful books. The man deserves to have those made, and I'm glad that they exist. Absolutely. Yeah, he hasn't gotten one of those yet, but hopefully soon. It was an absolute edition joke. <laughs> the, the, Maybe Superman that. Space Age will get an absolute edition. Yeah. Certainly should. You know what I was thinking about the other day, guys? What? what I was Jeff? thinking about absolute editions because there's my they're my favorite thing in the world. And I love the Killing Joke Absolute Edition, and I love the Batman Year One Absolute Edition. And one of the reasons I love both of those so much 
is that The Killing Joke has both printings that were made in like the original and the recolor. And then Batman Year One has it printed on like or like that original looking kind of like newsprint and then one on nicer paper that changes the colors drastically. And I was thinking, I really, really want an absolute edition of Flexman Tallow where they have the original coloring and the recoloring in it. Because I had I've just finished buying my second four issue set of that series because the coloring and the issues is phenomenal, but they only have it available in paperback and hardcover now and it's been recolored and it's not nearly as good. And I love flipping the comparison. So that's just something that's been on my mind. Uh, I was like, I'm going to write DC about this because they would not sell much of it, but I want it. (laughs) You should get them to do that. And I'm glad those Flex Mentello books showed up as the person who occasionally dabbles in the Comics Place eBay account. I I get some messages every once in a while. Yeah. I was worried for your your books. I was was a little frustrated. And then the POS, piece of shit postal service, uh, did end up bringing (laughs) them to us. So we got them. And Flex Mentallo, and I've never been able to talk to people about that. Will, have you read Flex Mentallo? We got to talk about that Flex book. Flex I've seen him make an appearance on Doom Patrol on HBO Max. <laughs> I know that's Romans, as far as I've gotten. Romans read it, but it was probably long enough ago that you don't remember what happened. I read it like four years ago, and I'm like, I couldn't really tell you what happens in issues two through four. I, I read should, the first issue yeah, like thirteen times. I should reread it again because I I have read it at some point. I reread it when Justin worked at the store but I still don't re- quite remember okay. the middle part of the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and exactly how it resolves. I love those meta type stories where like snake eating its tail, where you're like, I even kind of forget what the end, you know, like Mr. Miracle is a book where like hmm. the, the final two issues of it are kind of conceptual and large in so many ways that uh, as time goes on, it can e- be easy to be like, I don't remember exactly how that played out. I want to reread that. I love books that have that type of staying power and TV shows as well movies good stuff okay okay all right so will we invited you on you were like i haven't read that many books i was like i don't care he was like do you want me to go get some books in the shop i was like no we just want to hang out with you um so in the interest of not busting your nut right now (laughs) and making the book that you have talked about and then make you just hang out with us uh let's choose let's dance sideways roman and then we're gonna go to our andrew email roman yeah Justice Society of America number four by Jeff Johns and Mikhail Janin came out this week. And I feel like it had been a while since we'd seen an issue of this. Am I accurate? You think I read that? Um, I know you read this. It did. It does seem like it's been a while since three. Um, And I'm going to say something. uh When I was starting this issue. Yeah. This book has a little bit of a Tom King vibe to me. It does. Mm. And especially that first page. We'll look at the first page of this issue. It's like a Jorge yeah. Fornes, like Tom King, just like here's a door and some narration. Very reminiscent of even Bat- uh, Batman, Bat and Cat with the yeah. Clay Man was doing the art yep, on. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the Mikhail Janin stuff, because he did he did a bunch of that Batman and he's doing this. So I think that contributes to feeling yeah. like it. Um, and just the conceptual kind of, uh, it's kind of a confusing story. There's been a lot of like time jumping going on and trying to track it. it makes me feel like kind of how I f- generally feel in the first three or four issues of a Tom King book. I'm trying to be like, okay, do I know what's going on? Can I track what's happened in the last couple of events? But uh, at this point, issue number four, I feel pretty much settled in and like I know what's going on. But I must, I must imagine that you, as the foremost expert in Justice Society of America, are really enjoying what's going on. I, I am. And and adding to that Tom King kind of confusion feeling is since the story involves 
Batman Atlanta. and Catwoman's yeah. daughter and cat and Catwoman, at least up until I guess issue three. <laughs> You're right. There is like an intrinsic intrinsic tie to it that always makes yeah. me think about Tom King runs. Yeah, yeah. I am enjoying it. And it was shocking the title page of this because the JSA is all bloody and beat up and laying around the rubble of their meeting room and their Justice Society table is destroyed. That's awful. Roman, I don't want to freak you out, but they look dead to me. They do look dead. I mean, the Justice League and the Justice Society are going to be dead at the same time. (laughs) Well, but the Justice League's back alive again. But they but they broke up. I thought like maybe somebody let Django into the DC uh, editor's room and was like, kill all the teams. I hate every team. (laughs) Only solo books. I only want the Titans. Yeah, he's not even reading that. (laughs) Only if it's not written by Tom Taylor. He just doesn't like teams. It's true. He's I a lone. Love, he's a lone wolf. I do love the Jerry Ordway pages in this as well. They look fantastic. It's yeah, good it's stuff. Not, yeah, it's nice they have they have him doing the art because he was he was like the '80s DC artist. Roman, can I ask you a question? Uh huh. What can you tell me about Dagaton, this bad guy? He is a bad bad man oh my god uh, <laughs> well 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 yeah he, like he deserves wow. a spanking even he, somebody needs to get this boy <laughs> over his knee uh that's a different podcast um mm. yeah he's one of the jsa's um top top of their rogues villains he first appeared in the 40s in the golden age so he's one of the originals isn't it um, amazing will that like even the a-class villains of a team like justice justice society of america can be t- people i've never heard of <laughs> they brought a bit. yeah oh, go ahead <laughs> i was gonna say i don't even know if i know who's on the justice society i've never that changes i was gonna i was gonna ask the that question if like it's a tom king book even though you can enter those books without knowing any thing about like the characters most of the time even while it's still rooted in some deep lore that you don't have to know does this justice society book have that same point of entry where i can know nothing about the justice society and jump in and get my bearings at some point or is it is it too far beyond anything i'm capable of well william as someone who has deep faith in you i think your capability far exceeds what you Uh, believe that it is um i would say i know a little bit more about the justice society than you do um and as someone who wades through the waters of tom king books like you do i i I think you'd be just fine i i know it's a bunch of old people that are generally the characters that a lot of modern characters have been based off of you know like the original green lantern the original flash the original dr fate um that's about what i know that's about what i know and (laughs) i do have two issues of justice society of america and it is the first it's a thrashed copy which is the only reason i have it but it's the very first appearance of elseworlds in comics was in justice society Mm. of america like there's that purple cover where they're sitting at the table and they like conjure or maybe it's justice league conjuring justice society oh from the 70s yeah oh yeah that yeah that's when they brought back the justice society and it was in in modern comics yeah multi-worlds or something yeah that's my main point of deference for the justice society hmm I think the most interesting, well, not the most interesting, but an interesting thing about this is Roman. My thought is that the next issue is the final issue of this series. That's what I thought when I got to the end of this. And I, yeah. I, I guess I assumed like I always do with the stuff I, I really like. I, I assume it's going to be ongoing because I want it to be. But yeah, maybe this is only a five issue series, which seems like an odd. Well, it is an odd number. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, um, well, I have an odd number score for it. OK, uh, I gave it a 9.0. Oh, love the ride. Love the ride. 
it's it's fun there's like full art page splashes in here um i think those ties from the tom king run to helena wayne make me feel more bonded to that character than i would otherwise like having not read that story so i think she is a great protagonist for this story given my foothold with it and, and being pretty unaccustomed to the justice society but the justice society in a classically jeff johns written way he is i think better than most writers at making you feel like you're on an even foothold whether you know nothing or know a lot about those characters so uh yeah it 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 makes me feel like I'm reading classic comics. Like I'm a part of classic comics and I think modern comics have a very different feel. So it, it makes me feel good. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it, it is a feel good comic. And I like the way that it, it's got like the classic JSA members, but because of rebirth, they worked in um, the female Dr. Midnight and the female wildcat who are also more popular known now because they're, wildcat and, and dr midnight on the cw star girl show oh. with the jsa but they're also old enough because they came out after crisis on infant earth that they're kind of classic characters now in their own right just not as classic classic sure. so they've got everybody plus and the current dr fate is like the newest dr fate and, I don't and a remember. great great cameo at the end by, by I, old old toad yeah <laughs> old the toad. grant morrison frank quietly <laughs> creation Mr. Toad from the first issue of Batman and Robin. <laughs> that yeah, that's oh, the that issue. Okay, I did read that. Uh, yeah, you did. Well, <laughs> you talked about it on the podcast with us, or maybe you talked about issue episode two issue. I don't. Know. I think uh, yeah, you're right. I talked. Well, I talked about the second issue. Okay, but he was in the. First. I was prepared to talk about the first one. Yeah. yeah, I had to read the first one to talk about the second one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did some work on that podcast. That was the was that the first time we podcasted together? Will was the Batman in Quarantine podcast? It may have been. It may have been. Wow. Um, talk about will, a rippling effect. I'll also give this a nine. Nice, despite the fact that that disturbing cover because of where Flash Flash's elbow is. It's right in her gooch. It is. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, was, it was shocking. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. 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 All right. Will, tell me about what you read this week, you old minx. I read I read Night, <laughs> Nightwing number 104. Oh, yeah. Did you guys read Nightwing? You bet I did. Did you, you read the backup? Did. did you read the backup story to it? Will, no, Damn. I didn't read the backup. Me neither. Damn right, oh. Wing. Oh, okay. Good one, Roman. <laughs> Well, I did. I looked through the art and I was like, no, what are they doing to John? Like, this is, <laughs> yeah, what's uh, well, this is a this is a crazy face. Yeah. What's it's, with that? His hair. His, I mean, there's yeah. nothing more inconsistent right now in the DC universe than John Kent's hair. <laughs> You're you are not far off. Actually, I was starting with Action Comics, which I thought I read and then I realized I had not read it. But John Kent and Superboy are both drawn all over the board like <laughs> Superboy is drawn like an adult man it's crazy but um but will nightwing 104 can i just get like your sound bite about this nightwing run yeah this, um yeah i mean this nightwing run i just spent like uh, the better part of five or ten minutes trying to convince nathan butcher to revisit it and read it because i think he read like the first couple of issues of Tom Taylor's Nightwing run. It was like, it's it's too similar to Daredevil and I think he couldn't get his head around it. And I was like, you can definitely see like the characters and everything have the parallels, but like this Nightwing character, what Tom Taylor's done with him, like he's nothing like Daredevil. He's almost the antithesis or he's very much like Superman in a lot of ways, which I've I loved totally the series. Agree. And so it was cool to see in this particular issue, him get this 
superpower, temporary superpower that makes him kind of quasi Superman for a minute because he is more like Superman than any other character. So to just have that little parallel and him wanting to fly up and go shake hands with Superman, he's like, you're still holding back. Um, All of that was a lot of fun. Been a great series. I've been a little bit hesitant about the Titan stuff. Yeah. Um, Just not knowing or caring about the Titans that much, but Tom Taylor's doing it. So I got to get on board. Similar thing to like justice society, right? Like it's not super inviting to be like, I I love Jeff Johns, but it's like, all right, justice society. I don't know any of them. So I'm going to read this and like, I'm enjoying it very much, but the Titans are very similar to me. I want to like Titans books, but I'm really not familiar with those characters. Yeah. And I mean, even like I've loved chips and RC daredevil, but like it kind of, once it started to get bigger in scope, it feel like it lost the thread. And so I guess yeah. I'm worried that the same thing could happen that as Tom Taylor mm. has to scale out on the story and start to bring the team in that it's going to lose the charm and focus. I, I see what you're saying. So not just um, the appeal of the other book, but the effect it could have on this book. Yeah. And this is obviously very much kind of a prelude to Titans, which conveniently came out a week or two ago and I already read and this finishes and says to be continued in Titans. Right. So it's a little displaced. I was yeah, a nice little editorial. It took my brain a minute to catch up with like, wait, where are we? What's going on? Cause I read Titans. And so I had to like take my brain backwards and try to place where this story left off. Cause I was almost thought like I'd missed an issue or two. Yeah. Um, but once I got past that, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the rest of the issue. That- the arts, just fine i'm a little missing bruno redondo but you know yeah always when i read any comic that he's not drawing at this point but uh i I think all the things that you just said were made even more clear with this last arc which has been you know fine it's probably the low point of his 30 issue run at this point which it's not bad i thought this issue did a really good job of kind of justifying why it was worth having read this story because it really i think the scene you described kind of like the climax of him getting superman's powers for a day or whatever and and two hours and getting to just experience what it's like to do that but then um also you get that very nightwing moment which is the very superman moment which is super or nightwing all you have to do is let this one kid die and you'll be able to save millions of lives the rest of your life and he's like nope can't do it um mm-hmm. and like yeah it's just that was all very satisfying i, I think that the comparison between nightwing and daredevil for the two runs is is awesome i actually had not thought about that comparison and i think it's very apt and but i totally agree with what you're saying yeah nightwing is the exact opposite character of matt murdoch mm-hmm. but this is a little reminiscent of the Bendis run for sure. Yeah, I mean, when you got a character blockbuster that looks exactly like the Kingpin, it's really yeah. easy to make those parallels. And he's got the sticks and, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> even beyond like the, the scope, right? He's like kind of reclaiming the city from a criminal underboss and taking mm-hmm. it under like, you know, Hell's Kitchen and everything. Like it is, it's, it's, that's an apt comparison. I like this boy. I love, well, of course, I love the Superman and, and Dick Grace and stuff. And I love, I don't know who designed, <clears throat> like super Nightwing's costume, but I love his costume because it's it's a callback to his very first Nightwing costume with all the yellow. Dude, I um, didn't think about that, but you're right. The yellow, <laughs> like the lines, like the, yeah. the yellow wrists and under the armpit and stuff. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, this had some great moments. And one thing that bugged me, though, was Batgirl's in this. She's in like, I don't know, four or five panels, but her and Nightwing never interact. And I thought, well, that's weird. Mm. <laughs> yeah especially with the way that it's been built up so far 
Yeah, and especially with him like almost being able to do this amazing stuff for two hours. But that's a minor quibble. It was just it was just I like, noticed it because I was like every time I was like, oh, there's Batgirl, and yeah, she's just... not she's not in <laughs> she's not going to be a part of the Titans either, right? I guess she's going to be Oracle so, in the background, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Which is maybe okay to isolate them to the Nightwing book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that, well, that's what this is. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But oh, I, yeah. I wouldn't want too much of it in the, the Titans book. No, no. And, and lose it here. But I do think that the, you know, essentially what you two said, which this is this arc specifically, it's very much a prelude to the Titans book. Like, hey, we've got a bunch of people reading this Nightwing book and we want them to all be readers of Titans. So let's yeah. serve that here. But with Nightwing being a leader of the Titans and Titans being the thing that's existing instead of the Justice League. I think giving Nightwing this moment to like have Superman's powers and fly up above Earth and like look down on it and have that conversation about like how fragile it seems when you look at the Earth just in space. And I was like, well, yeah, that's kind of the this is the moment that Nightwing needs to sort of be the Superman parallel, right? Like he's not being Mm. Batman. He's being Superman. Yeah. 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 It's a good point. It's a good comic. So what were your scores for it? I'll give it an 8.5. William? I'm pretty close to that similar ballpark. I'm going to give it a 9.0. I went 9.0 as well. I think if it had been Redondo, it would probably be way up there, even though the like five issue arc isn't one of my favorite stories. But like this whole issue was just a delight. Just wrapped it up nicely. And I I just hope that, like I said, you know, what and what you said, if they can make the Nightwing book going forward, maybe, you know, uh, Dick's grappling being a leader and his relationship and those things. And then the Titans is the Titan stuff. Then I'll be I'll be a very happy camper. And I love seeing you camp. I have a voicemail from Andrew Carlson. Hey, guys, Andrew here. So this week I am coming to you with I, I guess this question is kind of directed at Django, Uh-oh. but everyone should answer it just because it's a fun question. If you could have a Lego set of any comic book thing in the comic book world, literally anything, what would it be? No, it's a big question. So take your time. Think about it. Hi, that I'm Django. A- I'm Django. Fart. Um, I really like dumb, either dumb. Uh, a shadow or Lego like a set <laughs> or a Batman year one Lego set, maybe, <laughs> maybe something from Crossed as or a like a set. Dark Knight Returns or something. Oh yeah, I like the Dark Knight when he's battling the in the in the, the pit mud. with the mutants in the mud. Yeah. Um. Thanks. Thanks, Django. Um. I do like <laughs> that there's an ongoing bit of Will and Django being each other. Um. <laughs> at this point on this podcast, uh, we'll have to ask Aunt Will Django that question. Um. <laughs> because that is a very good question. In the meantime. They did just release pictures of an amazing like bat cave Lego set. It's mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. 3D opening up hanging thing that I'm like, I don't have four hundred dollars to spend on a Lego set, but I might find it. Um, <laughs> man, uh, I don't know how it would exist, but I will tell you, I'm the kind of guy that would love like uh, that Grant Morrison multiversity map of all the like the oh. 52 planets and the orrery of worlds and all those colors in some sort of mm-hmm. Lego set. I'm not sure if that's doable. That that would be up there. I'd love like a Millennium Falcon level detail version of the Christopher Reeves Superman uh, Fortress of Solitude, like oh. the crystalline thing. That would be so much fun to put together. That's gonna be my that's gonna be my boat. Wow, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Um. Boy, there's so many good ones. You gonna? I, you know, I 
I was thinking just because we're talking Titans, Titans Tower would be awesome with interiors and everything. But then I thought an even better one, I would love to have a Lego apocalypse with like of apocalypse with like all the hell craters of fire coming out. Yeah. And and hunger dogs and parademons. And you could you can open it up and see the levels of horrible crap in Armageddon and everything. And it's got to have some kind of boom tube like attachment in the sky where you can what about a Baxter building where you can just recreate a Jack Kirby cutaway where you can like oh. take the front off and it just has all of the little rooms and shit. That would be, Oh, cool. that'd be awesome. That'd be yeah. awesome. What about a Lego crime alley where it's got like, Oh, just little, sad. Little, dead yeah. Parents. Yeah. The little dead Martha and Thomas Wayne <laughs> with some Lego blood, blood pool underneath them. That would have been the year one reference that, uh, <laughs> for Django. <laughs> Will, what would um, your, be your Lego set of choice? Just kind of playing on nostalgia. Like, part, I, my brain instantly went to, like, an X-Men mansion. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Like, room. where yeah. I thought different rooms, like, the Danger Room and different things like that. Maybe based on the X-Men 94 or 97 cartoon. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I, I, I feel like it's got to be, like, plausibly realistic in the pipeline at some point you know they've done like all those heads and yeah. like thanos's hand and the eye the nano gauntlet i want wolverine's hand yeah with mm. the claws and everything just as a thing yeah. i could put on my shelf next to thor's hammer there i yeah. would i would like a bone version of it oh yeah so mm. how about just an option to change it <laughs> to be between adamantium yeah. and bones depending yeah. on your mood or oh. if magneto comes by oh, oh good a good oh, call sweet. back a good callback. Roman doesn't even realize when people say it. Man, now I want uh, like a whole Lego Gotham just so just so I can have a little Lego creeper in there somewhere. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, Will, did you see the new gameplay trailer for Spider-Man 2? I did. Well, I watched there was like a just like a solid 10 plus yeah. minute trailer. Yeah. So I watched a chunk of it and I was like, I've seen enough. That's what I did too. Yeah. Um I did. It, it looked looked pretty sweet, pretty awesome. I don't um, have a PlayStation 5, but maybe oh. that's what will get me there because I only bought a PlayStation 4 to play Spider-Man. And that is an all-time good game. Are they doing a PlayStation 4 version of it? Uh, I don't believe they are. Mm, I think it is a P. I think it might finally be after a good three and a half years. There might be a game you can only play on PlayStation Five. They've been teasing Maybe. it. They've been teasing it. Um. Okay. Well, I've got one thought on a comic, and then I want to hear Roman's favorite comic of the week, and then we're gonna dip out of here because uh, Will and I both have very important appointments with the fields of Hyrule. I have, um, I have tears of a kingdom I need to yeah, shed. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that I read Ambassadors number five this week, and I've been enjoying that series pretty good so far. I mean, nothing has topped the art experience of the first issue done by Frank Quitely, um, but the art and other issues has been pretty good. And this issue was pretty good. Um, but I think most notably, uh, what's men- worth mentioning is that in the last week, it was like optioned for something. So the value of the first issue went way up. Um, which is cool because I like Frank Whiteley's art being worth something. Uh, but at the final issue or, or bit of the final page on this, it says to be concluded next issue. And as I've been reading each of these issues, I'll start and be like, okay, I do kind of want to know what the larger story of this is. It seems like each issue has been like a get to know a member of this team type thing. And, and I was like, okay, maybe the first volume is just having gotten to know the team and it will read well in trade paperback. And then the next thing will be something else. But like, no, it says to be concluded next issue. And I'm like, okay, so... What is the point? And maybe it's that it's going to tie into that big Mark Miller crossover. What was that, Roman? That's what I was going to say. I, I I think it's it's 
part of the prelude to big game. Okay. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. But it, it means that this doesn't stand on its own necessarily as well. Yeah. But I support it being a prequel to that other thing, which I am excited about because primarily I love Nemesis. I've never read Wanted, but I did like the film a lot. I've never read Wanted either, and I never saw the film. The film, I think, is good. Will, have you seen Wanted? I've I've seen the film, and I didn't know it was a comic. It's a Mark Miller comic with art by the guy who did the art in Final Crisis, J.G. Jones. Um, I think it was Mark Miller's first kind of big thing. It was. I think I remember hearing that it was a... It was only a comic because it was going to be a film. Like it was something along the lines of when Mark Miller was starting to get into film. It was a comic that was kind of written with the full intention of it becoming a film. Interesting. I would believe that. That Kick maybe they're they similar. don't even follow the exact same thing. I don't know. They, they, yeah, they, I don't they, know what they, I'm talking about. You are correct about that. I know that the stories are pretty different, um, having only seen the movie. But I, I give this issue of Ambassadors a seven point five. But I just while reading it, many of my concerns has been like, okay, how will this go into the second arc? And then uh, it, it's like, oh, there's not a second arc. Okay, so what's the point? But yeah, if if it sounds like it's going into big game or big time or whatever, uh, I support that. But it seems, especially with it being now optioned and everybody hunting it down like i'm surprised it's not going further but 7.5 for me roman did you read it i I did and maybe and maybe there will be a second arc maybe it it wraps up the first arc goes in the big game for the summer and then the and then the second arc starts yeah well frank riley is going to need another two years to get an issue yeah so yeah yeah i read it and i liked it mainly i liked the new uh australian uh character because you know he's old school Australian, so he's a he's a dick. But it turns out he's actually that was all for show, and he changed, and he's actually closeted homosexual. But being an old school Australian dude, he could never admit that. So that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, I liked that. I I was like, I guess the last couple of issues, I've been like, I don't agree with the people that she's selecting for this team. If it's supposed to be people who are supremely good people, and this guy's not been a good person. Even yeah. if he is a closeted homosexual who now wants to be out, yeah, I still be, don't think that good. you. Yeah, I still don't think you've proven that with your actions. You know, I don't know that you should get superpowers above you know another no, seven billion people. No, and I still don't trust um her. What's her name? The Korean yeah. woman that started all this. Yeah. I don't still trust her. I, I mean, she's 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 got evil machinations. I think. Yeah, and her husband's definitely got evil machinations. Yeah, but. yeah. Uh, what was your score for it, old Bean? Um. Oh, I think a seven. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, well then, Roman, uh, what's the final book that we're going to talk about this week that you read that you feel like is worth talking about, Mister oh, Big gosh. Stack? My, uh, thank you, thank you. Oh, Mister Big Stack, Big Stack Jones. Um, man, I well, Fury was my second favorite book, but Ooh. my favorite book was Unstoppable Doom Patrol number three, of course. I haven't read it yet, but I do want oh. to. Don't worry about spoilers, but tell me what was great about it outside of the art, which is amazing. You know, it's it's Robot Man and, and Mr. Negative, and they're fugitives on the road trying to outrun a couple of Green Lanterns, Guy Gardner and Kyle. Um, and because they've got a kid with them that um, at some point got slapped with a Starro starfish on his face, but it activated the kid's uh, metagene, and so... He's still got a Starro on his face, but it's disconnected from the Starro hive mind and the kid and the Starro have bonded. So it has the kid's personality, but start, but he's got some powers and stuff and it's, and the green lanterns don't like that. So they're after him. Um, 
but you know the doom patrol their new mandate is to protect all the freaks and weirdos and monsters out there so they're trying to protect them and the splash page i think even though i haven't seen the movies is a um fast and furious reference it i'm pretty is, sure <laughs> it is gris burnham way to go buddy i flipped through this but i didn't see that page that's awesome that is absolutely what that is yeah and it's and called it, the fast and the fabulous yeah yeah and, and it's just a fun story because you know cliff and and larry are on the run with guy and kyle you know and guys the jerky guy we all love and kyle's the voice of reason and they're just it's a chase comic mm, that sounds <laughs> pretty it, good yeah it's a lot of fun and mr negative and and guy fight each other a few times and that's fun and robot man because cliff Steele used to be a race car driver he does some cool Fast race and moves fabulous things yeah yeah it's it's a lot of fun i am excited to read it is your score 10 for it you know i think god i think it is because even the last page there's a surprise and oh, i'm like yeah. oh my gosh and i have no idea what that mask or head or whatever it is i don't i don't know who that is what it represents so i'm i'm really thrilled to find out what does this mean i think i know <laughs> what it is do you do you isn't it the monkey robot from the first issue that got killed oh is it i don't know yeah, i there forgot was like, i forgot there was about like that two monkeys and like one's the wearing the beret and the other was the robot wait there's a monkey robot wearing a beret and i'm not reading this book yeah, yeah it's like a mis- yeah uh, <sighs> mis- monsieur mala and the brain yeah classic i believe that's the villains. brain classic because that's a monkey's face yeah it sure is um i think issue one wow so that's what that red stuff is yeah it's a brain brain i I was like what is that meat is it packing peanuts what is that monkey meat oh yeah it's brain meat wow okay well i'm gonna read this maybe even before i go to hyrule or actually i have a suspicion when i walk out of this room my fiance samantha koneczka will be playing hyrule and i will have maybe lost my opportunity to play it but (laughs) support our partners um Well, Will, thank you so much for joining us for this abbreviated episode of the Perfectly Acceptable Podcast. It wouldn't have been perfect or acceptable without you. <laughs> but with me, it is, it is perfectly acceptable. Perfectly acceptable, which is all we can shoot for ever. <laughs> um, if you want to be like William every week and send us an email, or you can be like Andrew this week and send us a voicemail, you can do that by sending it to Jeff at thecomicsplace.com. I will get it. I will read it. I usually get them. I sometimes miss them. Um, you can record a voicemail on your phone. Just attach it to the email. You don't even need to put words in it. Bam, you'll get it. You're only doing us a favor. So we appreciate that very much. If you can't get enough of William Elmer like us, he's on a podcast called The Ted Laspros that is covering the feet on the street footage as the comet comes down as Ted Lasso, the series, finishes its run of maybe some of the finest three seasons of television we've ever gotten. You can find Will Elmer, myself, and the amazing Colette Penketh, who you all know, over at the Ted Lasso Bros. So give that a Google. And if you haven't seen Ted Lasso, go watch it. Uh, if you haven't seen Ted Lasso, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast and not watching Ted Lasso. That means you've got time when you're using it incorrectly. There's only, <laughs> Jeffrey, we are like four days away from what is probably the final don't say episode it. don't say it oh no really don't say it if even if it's even if we get more of those characters like more characters i the same i yeah i believe that it will be under a different moniker like keely and roy you know or something like that you know like you know whatever um but i don't think we're gonna get ted keely jones season. and the city yeah oh <laughs> will just got me excited okay <laughs> Um, okay, everybody. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Will, thank you again. Roman, love you. Thank you for being my titan who just devours cancer. 
and make sure that the world spins just the way it's supposed to. Because uh, it's Roman's world and we're all just living in it is what we've really realized today. I'm Tumor Eater always... Lad. Oh, Eater Lad. Oh, God. Oh. Tumor Eater Lad. Tumor Eater Lad. You could be <laughs> part of the Justice Society. Probably not just yeah. League, but certainly Society. Yeah, yeah, that's, sure, sure. Legion of Substitute Heroes. Ooh. Uh, that was Roman. And I'm Will. And uh, remember, you heard it here first. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome.